The Guaranteed Irish Podcast with Breed O'Connell. Sponsored by Black Knight for an altogether better web hosting service. Hello and welcome to the Guaranteed Irish Business Podcast. Guaranteed Irish, the national symbol of trust, is one of Ireland's most enduring, recognisable and authentic symbols. It helps Irish consumers identify products and services that are an altogether better choice for the life of their communities and indeed Ireland. Hi there, I'm Breed O'Connell and joining me this week is Michaela Nalan, Managing Director and Founder of Black Knight. Hi, Michaela, you're very welcome. Hi, how are you doing? I'm delighted to announce to the listeners that Guaranteed Irish has Black Knight secured for the remainder of the year as the business podcast sponsor. So congratulations, well done and welcome on board. Delighted to have Black Knight with us. Thanks. I think it's a good fit. I think it is a good fit. And it's interesting when we see during COVID-19, Michaela, the drive towards small businesses to get online and to... to um, execute their commerce online primarily now as it's the only game in town um it's a very good timing have you seen a big shift in what you do maybe talk to the listeners a bit about what you do first michaela and then if there's been a big shift because of COVID. essentially what we do we're we're a web hosting and domain registration company primarily so that means that we offer services to businesses of all shapes and sizes from the four corners of the globe so we get them from from registering their domain name through to setting up um, giving them space for a website their email through to much more complex solutions for much for bigger companies so we offer that full range of services as well as offering uh, broadband to to irish businesses uh, and i suppose you know the thing with covid19 is it's it's been very interesting to see how a lot of small businesses that previously had kind of put these kind of web stuff on the back burner or had only put up um, kind of very simple um, kind of brochure websites. A lot of them now are shifting towards trying to get some form of online sales channel up and running. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, super duper and complicated. I mean, just but just some way that they can sell their product or their service uh, online um, quickly and easily. So we've definitely seen a, a, a growth and in interest there. And Michaela, we've been in Guaranteed Irish seen a big spike in exactly what you've said, where people are trying to get online. They are a little bit intimidated about it. And of course, a lot of people think there's a lot of money involved with creating an e-commerce site, which by and large there is. Uh, but there are shorter, faster, cheaper ways of doing that. Can you go through a couple of ideas for some of the smaller businesses out there? Sure. I mean, the things, first off, you know, they don't be intimidated by the technology. It's it's not that complicated, really. It's it's. I mean, if you've got it, running a business, you know, the the biggest challenge is actually getting is running the business itself. Don't the the online side of it is just a way of presenting it and a way of of actually making sales. It and it it, it should, doesn't have to be complicated. I mean, in terms of. Um, a simple a simple website you're talking about a couple of hundred euro a year um basic e-commerce functionality just some simple way of just selling online it doesn't have to be that complicated i mean if you've got if you've already got a, a credit card if you've already got credit card processing uh, set up in your physical physical offline uh, presence just a matter of extending it online plus there's a load of different ways of doing it i mean you can at the sim- the simplest things would be to use something like paypal to take payments um there's third-party processors like um like stripe which is was founded by a couple of irish guys and then in terms of you know the actual 
e-commerce website thing. I mean, it's it doesn't have to be amazing. It has to, it just has to work. It doesn't have to be um, it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect. I mean, what what people want is just the ability to to get in contact with somebody and to be able to to buy that product. I mean, they don't. It doesn't have to be like a, a white glove um, a limo, you know. It, it just something kind of functional. Um, and I mean, you know, we've seen a lot of, I suppose, over the last uh, last few weeks is businesses that previously would have been um, wholesale only, not going direct to consumers, now going going directly to consumers. And it, you know, I can see why it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it it it, does, it isn't complicated. To set up a simple, a simple kind of buy now button, um, or just having a simple way of just putting up a list of the products you have onto your website. Um, you could just put up a PDF. You could um, put up a spreadsheet. You could put up a, you just upload something onto onto your website. Um, if if you can't take payments online straight away, just make sure that you make it clear to people how they can pay you. Maybe maybe they need to transfer money to you to your bank account. Maybe they need to send the money via PayPal. Maybe they need to stuff money in an envelope and hand it to you. I mean, people are going to be much more understanding about imperfect at the moment um, than might otherwise be the case. But I, mean, I think I think the thing for a lot of small businesses is just keeping the lights on and getting some of that cash coming in. And probably one of the cheapest and most cost-effective ways of keeping the lights on is making sure they have a digital presence, a web presence, a website, a Facebook presence. presence. Um, and as you say, one of the simpler ways to do the e-commerce and, and work that way. And I suppose in terms of costs, um, people are really realizing how inexpensive it is to run a business if you run it digitally. Have you seen a shift in that mindset? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, this, I mean the, the classic example I gave is, is you know, there's a small small business here in Carlo Town that, you know, I've been talking to them on and off every time I go in there, going, you know, when are you going to put that website up online? And they dragged their heels and they dragged their heels. But when, when this all kicked off, they were on the phone to us immediately, going, right, we need to do this now. And, and, you know, that's, and that, and the thing is, it wasn't, it's not an, it's not an expensive proposition. I mean, the, if you think about, like, say, if you, if you run an ad in, in a newspaper, um, be that national or regional, you're talking hundreds, if not thousands of euro mm-hmm. per insert. And you've got no guarantee of any return. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm a big, uh, big supporter of advertising. Whereas like getting, getting a simple website up and running, you're talking about, Anything from say 150, 200 euro um, upwards, depending on how complex you want to get, want to go. But there's no reason why you can't get something simple, professional looking for a couple of hundred euro. Uh, companies like ourselves, we offer uh, what we call like a site builder um, type service. Um, so it's just basically drag and drop. You know, you upload, upload some photographs, put in some text, and you know you can have a a nice, presentable online presence quickly and easily. Which you can monitor. Which you can monitor, you can track, and you can see. Because, I mean, you've got um, things like, you know, Google Analytics. You've got, um, well, the obvious ones being, you know, if you're actually selling online, you can you can see how many sales you've made. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, it's you know the the thing is like for for a lot of these a lot of these businesses now. I mean, save the ones in the foods in certain food one uh, spaces where they would have been going to markets. The markets are closed. 
um, you know, being able to go direct direct to the consumer, um, being able to just kind of make it so that somebody like myself, I can um, fill out a fill out a form and they'll send me back a list of what they have in stock. You know, there's a, there's a lot of simple little things like that that they can do. Um, and you know, it's it, it's it's now going to be it's now going to be primarily the Irish markets where you're going to be making those sales because getting getting products um, overseas or in or from overseas into Ireland is going to be more complicated because of the the strains on the entire system. Um, but there's you know there's a lot of fantastic Irish businesses out there that have absolutely wonderful products. Um, be that food. I, mean, I think I think it's supposed to be the main thing at the moment is food, <laughs> because we're really down to down to the kind of the absolute basics here. Um, if anybody's anybody has yeast and they're able to sell it online, they're, they're going to make a killing. Absolutely. Actually, Michaela, I was going to ask you in relation to your own business. A lot of online businesses like yourselves, and um, particularly your exact model, uh, must be booming now because the demand for your service must be so high. How has your business changed since well, the onset? COVID. I mean, we've definitely seen an uptick. Um, it's it's hard to know because you know the. I suppose we're looking in terms of you know how is the business impacted overall. So looking like across the entire year, too early to say. Uh, in the short in the short term, we've definitely seen uh, an increase in in um, in a lot of sales on a kind of the lower low to mid end um, of the market. Um, but at the at the higher end. You know, we've definitely seen a slowdown. I mean, companies that we would deal with in certain sectors, like you know, travel, uh, tourism, those those space those those verticals. Well, obviously, they're have they're they're having tremendous difficulty at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, stuff that would have been in the pipeline prior to this all kicking off has either been delayed um, or slowed down or changed in some way. Now, the other side is, you know, we've got other companies that we deal with that, you know, up until now, they did not sell to the public. They, it was, it was not their model. I mean, their model was to, to sell wholesale. So we're definitely seeing, um, interest from a lot of them in looking at, okay, is it viable for us to sell this directly? Is it viable for us to cut just, out the middleman? I assume. Oh, yes, I've... to cut out the middleman. But, but, you know, this, this, this things that some of these companies have to weigh up. I mean, the, is is it is it going to be viable for them to do that? I mean, there's I saw there the other week um, a company that does um, very very high end um, meats that normally only deals with like kind of Michelin starred restaurants and things like that. They never sold directly to the public. Now they're now they're selling to the public. Now obviously it's a very small public, but you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of that kind of shift of 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 focus. And then there's other there's others I suppose that are kind of exploring ways of of working around this. I mean, say for for example, the 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 kind of businesses where it would have been offering consultation, uh, where you would physically go and sit with somebody and they talk through that. Obviously, they're moving to doing that online. So we're seeing a lot of interest as well in um, kind of online collaboration tools. Um, people using things like Microsoft Teams or Zoom or other other services like that um, in order to continue to communicate and to share documents and and have that kind of interaction with people that they would have done previously face-to-face. Yeah, and actually, in terms of your own business then, Michaela, um, obviously a very strong employer in the Carlow region. How many have you employed now, and has that grown as a result of COVID and the demand? 
Um, well, we've got about just under 50 staff, uh, most of them uh, based in Carlo, but we have others spread across other parts of the country. Um, I mean, we our, our headcount hasn't increased so far. Um, we're obviously we obviously keep track of you know what what's going on in terms of levels of activity across the across the business, um, and you know the the thing is when we're all working um, from home, uh, it's spread across spread across the the country, I suppose. Um, I mean, we've still got some staff that need to physically go into data centers and physically do things with actual you know computers and servers and what have you. Um, so I suppose you know there's there's obviously been some changes into how how we do things, but we're fortunate in the, in that a lot of what we do we can do online. I mean, pretty much everything that we can do we sure. can do, we do we do online. But obviously, uh, you're dependent, Michaela, on other businesses um, being able to continue to trade. Are you worried about the local economy and the Irish economy in particular? I know you're a lot of your businesses overseas, but this is such a global pandemic. Are, are you worried about business in general? Terrified. I mean, they, to, to, I mean, I, I think we we all need to be incredibly worried and concerned. Uh, not petrified, because that suggests that we're not going to be able to move move forward. But I think the the ramifications of of this are so so broad, so deep that it's to not be incredibly concerned and worried about about it is would be incredibly naive. I mean, I think you know certain certain sectors will will probably kind of hack around it, move around, find new, find new ways of of doing things, but other sectors are going to be struggling for a very very long time. And I suppose the ones that really worry me are the smaller businesses. I'm not worried about the Fortune 500s. I don't care about these the big companies. They they will they either have the 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 cash on hand or they'll be able to to leverage their assets uh, to get loans to get out of that. But the smaller businesses that um, that we all deal with are they're going to be, they're going to be under a lot more pressure. I mean, for, I think a lot of them are are at risk of, of disappearing. It doesn't matter whether or not a government comes in with with various um, aids and things like that. If because a lot of those businesses for them to reopen in the morning, it means they have to get stock back on the shelves. It means they've got to. Um, they've got to get staff back into work. They've got to, they've got to cover all of those other costs. I mean, listening to some of them on the radio over the last few weeks, I and mean, it's it's been, it's been very very concerning. I mean, I just I just worry that you know smaller businesses like you know towns like Carlo, or or even any anywhere in the in anywhere in Europe. Um, I mean, this it's had you know that a lot of these smaller ones are going to have terrible difficulty coming back. I mean, are we going to lose a lot of those um, smaller smaller businesses that we used to interact with? Are they going to be able to weather the storm? And I don't, honestly, I don't know, and I am worried. And uh, it's hard to see a solution for some of those, but at the same time, if we can at least get them online, there's some hope of, I suppose, just keeping their hand in the game, bobbing along the bottom, as they say, until such time as we do get that vaccine, that ever-important vaccine. What do you see in terms of your own business? Categorise still in the small to medium with 50 employees um, as, as the next opportunity for your business, because I'm sure, like all businesses, you've had to rethink and pivot some sectors of your own business as well, Michaela. 
Well, I mean, the kind of things that we're expanding into more is we're doing more things like we're actually going to we're going to help people build their websites, which is not something we would traditionally have done. Um, we've also um, got a, a simple, easy to use e-commerce solution um, just to 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 take so that you can take a, a, an existing website and have pretty much instant e-commerce, as it were. Um, these are kind of things that you know we probably would have we probably would have got to eventually, but we just we've been forced to do it a lot faster. Um, and yeah, I think, I, I think that simple e-commerce. Um, I'm not sure if it's a plugin or what, but I, in terms of that very simple e-commerce solution to give you an, an immediate solution would be of a huge interest to the members of Guaranteed Irish in the smaller sector, particularly the retail gift, food, artisanal producers, craft beers, craft uh, gin producers. We have a lot of those out there, and I think a lot of those will be very interested in that. So maybe you might share a link with us on that. Oh sure, I mean the we're we're it's something that we've we've only just we've only started kind of we've got a couple of clients um work using it now just um and we're going to have some more more information about it on our website in the next few days, but I mean the 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 thing with this is that it allows you to take an existing website, you don't have to redesign the website, you don't have to go off and reinvent the wheel, you're able to just drop this in, and. Right. And it's it's not expensive. I mean, it's the kind of thing where, from as little as a, as like ten or twenty euro a month, you now have a full e-commerce solution um, for anything from a couple of products up to you know thousands of products. Yeah. And it's it's it, I said it it works really really well. I set up a a test one for myself, um, selling you know t-shirts. Um, it took me like. 40 minutes just kind of playing around i think more of that was just me kind of eating my lunch at the same time as i was doing this mm. it's not a complicated it's not a complicated thing to do um i've been kind of going back to the entire kind of how businesses will change i mean i think i think the the bigger challenge is how are we going to go back to work after this if if we don't have a a vaccine or something like that in in the short term. I just I just I'm just not sure how that's going to work physically. Well, you see, Michaela, are a lot of us going to go to back to work? There's there's a real uh, change of mindset that happened very quickly and happened together. We all jumped together because we had to. In terms of remote working, now some companies and some types of businesses this won't suit, but a lot of the professional services, for example, uh, tech, IT financial services, consulting, marketing, PR, they can all work from home. There seems to be a big shift towards that. Isn't that a good thing in one way? It is up to a point. But I think, you know, like for for some people, I think working, like taking our own company, uh, prior to all of this, um, most of our staff worked from home one or two days a week, or at least they have the option to do so. Um, now, obviously, they're all working from home all the time. And that, that, I think, you know, it works pretty well. But even companies that were being set up in that kind of distributed model still have um, the need to kind of bring the staff together a couple of times a year or bring small, you know, certain teams together. Because ultimately, when you're, when you're working with people, you need to have that kind of interaction with them face to face from time to time. And like the the technical tools we have are really really good, and they're a hell of a lot better than than what we had a few years ago. 
but you know there's there's an entire kind of bonding type thing that that people that people do so it's you know trying to find some way of being able to kind of continue to have your people working remotely more than than previously but also allowing them to kind of come together from time to time i think is going to be the challenge because i mean you've also got as well i mean you've got to bear in mind you've got some people as well who are um living alone and you know they're there and there's you know there's all sorts of mental health issues as well with with being kind of that displaced from other people for for long periods of time and we, we felt a lot on the creativity of how we bounce things off each other and see a different perspective that has to be considered for sure that plus i mean basic problems as well like i mean i've got i've got some people who are looking for any excuse to get out of the house just so they can escape their children their partner all that i mean you know working from home um when one one of you is doing it one day a week or two days a week is is fine but when you're all stuck at home um with sure. you know, with and some and some cases with in a really constrained space, then that can be can be a bit of cause a lot of strain. I mean, we're we're fine out here in 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 Carlo. I mean, I've got I've got a huge garden at the back, um, and a lot of my staff would be in a similar position where they've got plenty of space available to them. But you know, imagine if you're stuck in the centre of of Dublin or Cork or Limerick and you're in a in a pokey little apartment with, yeah. with no space. I mean that's that causes other tensions. It does of course, yeah. And I can see that being a big conversation piece in the next week or two as to how we go back to work because also, we've got to consider office layouts as we know them no longer really work. Uh, sitting right beside somebody is not going to work in your typical type of call center setup. So um, shared office spaces, which are very cool and in vogue, are going to uh, require a lot more spacing out now, I'd imagine. Well, that causes other interesting issues. I mean, if you look at like in the kind of call center type scenario, I mean, one of the one of the things that, you know, worked for the system was you could fit a certain number of people per square meter. you might have to if you're going to have to throw those numbers out completely then you know that that's presents a whole new set of challenges and you know for us as a company specifically we're in the middle of redoing our offices which we were spending a, a small fortune on um i'm not sure how we're going to how we're going to cope with we have to change those layouts dramatically because we've already you know committed to to a particular layout and design and everything else but i think it is something that um we're all going to have to look at i mean maybe it looks at kind of rotating how many people are in the office at any given time Mm. um maybe i don't know i i can see I can see certain things changing quite quite dramatically. I mean, things like um, cleanliness in general and hygiene. Um, I mean, there's, we're we're all so much more focused on that now than we ever have been before. Um, and I think you know, if, if I just look at my own hands at the moment, I mean, they're they're, they're definitely <laughs> paying paying the price. Um, so I mean, you know, in, in, you know that that entire kind of work environment is obviously going to have to to adapt and change. Um, yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to I, see. I think you're right, and I think the 
uh, one thing that has really shone through for me, and, and I'm sure you're uh, experiencing this literally yourself, is how quick and adaptable Irish businesses have been in terms of the level of agility has been absolutely uh, phenomenal. Considering a lot of the businesses, over 50% of the people employed in Ireland are in the SME sector. So while we have a huge multinational culture, we also have a huge dependency on these small 1, 2, 10, 20, 30 uh, employee type companies. Um, haven't they been very agile, uh, Michaela, do you think? I think I think some have, but I think others others, while they've tried to be agile, they're possibly struggling as a result. I mean, there's the I mean the other thing is I don't want to be kind of all gloom and doom, but I mean there's there is also um, a lot of risk as well with taking all of your staff out of that kind of controlled office environment and putting them into an uncontrolled wild environment of you know the of um, kind of working from home so i mean there's there's a lot of things that people need to be careful with around um you know how they share data what data people have access to um this you know this it's it's like christmas for cyber criminals i suppose in some respects and you know there's there's other things as well i mean you know things like you know how much um how well this how well they're kind of distributed working from home thing can work will depend a lot on whether your staff have you know the actual equipment i mean do they all have the laptops that they need or the or at the pc do they have access to that data um do they have decent broadband and you know for for a lot of us it's it's a non-issue and you know we live in towns with, with good broadband and everything else but I've, I've got some staff in certain parts of the country where you know they at times they've had difficulty working because they're living somewhere where the broadband infrastructure is just not great. Um, so that that still, you know, that is still adding, you know, headaches and overheads. But I think overall, I mean, the companies that are able to pivot and 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 you know work around this, it's been great to see because they've done it very very quickly. Um, it's just the the I think there's just you know that we need to be conscious as well though that there's so there's a lot of people. Um, who currently cannot work because the businesses they're in are closed. I mean, That's anybody right. anybody in the hospitality industry, you know, that they're, they're pretty much closed. The vintners, the restaurants, the hotels, they are yeah. they're in a dire situation. There's no question about that. And many of them are members, are, are guaranteed Irish themselves. So we really see it and, of course, feel for them. But I suppose, realistically, they're probably going to also be the last to open um unfortunately so there's there's going to have to be a lot of help given to that sector michaela you mentioned the cyber security and the cyber criminals um have you seen a peak in that and any uh, top tips before we leave you go on prevention of that particularly for the guys who are out there who are going online first for the first time ever and they're they're nervous about this well i suppose look the, the basics with with online is the same as offline in that it's you know it's common sense you know if somebody comes if somebody comes to you and says i'm going to give you a million euro because my 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 grandfather died last week i mean if they came up to you in the street and said that to you you wouldn't believe them yeah but okay they're, they're the obvious ones but what about there's some very clever ones out there that are very oh, there's a, the, 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 again it's just it's a lot of its things just you know just exercising a degree of caution uh, be careful of offers that look too good to be true. 
when you're buying products and services online, check to see if if the company um, has some kind of pedigree that you know that you can find out. You know, there's independent reviews about them that they have some kind of background that they're that they're actually real. Um, be careful about how you make payments. If you're making a payment, um, you know, using PayPal or your credit card, there's a level of security with that. You know, if something goes wrong, you can get the money back. Um, using something like, say, Western Union, it's going to be really hard for you to get the money back. Um, things make sure that you've got um, antivirus software installed on your computer. Um, make sure you keep it up to date. Keep the software on your computer up to date. Uh, if you're running, if you're running your own website, make sure that you know you're using pr um, good, secure passwords. That you're not using, you know, your cat's name as your password. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. some people do. You know, there's uh, some of the stuff is just it's really kind of basic little things, but just think like secure passwords um, are just so it's just so easily overlooked by people. And you know, I know it's hard to remember all these passwords, but that's why there's services like One Password, LastPass, things like that that will help to store the passwords for you securely and and keep track of them and generates hard ones that are going to be very very hard for for a cyber criminal to crack. And just generally, just be careful. Yeah. Okay. So the big message out there is every company is feeling the same. We're all under the same pressure, and it's all about. Um, being agile and adaptable. Can I ask you, um, in terms of your own involvement through Black Knight and Michaela, the benefits of the membership to get uh, Guaranteed Irish, how has that helped you and connected you back into businesses, um, particularly during this time? Well, I think for us, I mean, we're, we're an Irish company. It's, it's part of our DNA. I mean, we, with one of the reasons we, we got involved with, with Guaranteed Irish was it's, it's a kind of a, it's a trust signal. I mean, we, you know, trust signals that we have are, you know, we've got the Guaranteed Irish, we've got the, we've got ISO, um, and there's a couple of other things like that that we can also go, we, we look at it as being a way of showing, you know, we're a real company. Where we, we 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 exist, there's been some level of kind of vetting, as it were. Yeah, and you have 50 employees in a community that needs us, you know. Sure, but the thing is, this is that because we're we're primarily online, you know, what's the difference between us with with offices, 50, 50 staff, all of that, and the guy operating out of out of a bedroom in Bangladesh? You know, because both both of us can set up a website that looks the same. The difference is that we actually have the stuff, everything to go with that to, to back it up. So being able to get the, the guaranteed Irish certification, it shows that, you know, somebody who is not us has actually checked and validated that we're real and that we are actually an Irish business. Because that's, you know, this is part of the problem. And it's like when you when you look at people saying using, you know, Irish sounding names for products, it's just Irish sounding. They're not actually Irish. Um, actually, it's a really pet hate of mine. So I'm delighted you've done that because there is a level of uh, consumer beware there. Um, lots, there's a lot of that going on and you have the green, white and gold on products does not make them Irish. Um, so please beware out there both on and offline. Uh, Michaela, uh, I want to thank you very much for your contribution to the business podcast today. 
And more importantly, I want to thank you uh, hugely for becoming Guaranteed Irish Business Podcast Sponsor for 2020. Uh, we're looking forward, forward to a great partnership ahead. And I wish you continued success with Black Knight. Right. Thanks very much. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and rate us as it helps us get your message out. Remember, by supporting local businesses, we're not only supporting jobs in our communities, but you're also helping us to support a circular economy. If you feel your business can benefit from networking with like-minded businesses here in Ireland, contact guaranteedirish.ie for more information. A big thank you to sponsor Black Knight, the award-winning web hosting service that helps your company succeed altogether better.